Good morning, church. I hope we're all happy and excited to be here this morning. All right. So before I start, the word family has been, Solan has just been throwing it here and there, family this, family that, family visiting. They went to visit family. It's all about family in God, isn't it? Just as much as we value our families um, individually, God values us as one family. God brought us from different backgrounds, from all kinds of walks of life. And he drew each and every one of you, and he put us together, and he called us family. And what's, um, what's united us? We're not all the same. We might speak different languages. We might have different conceptions of what the world might look, should or must look like. But when we come here, we've got a common goal. It is Jesus who has drawn us together as a family of God. Amen. So today we are continuing again with the vision which we started with last year, Finyelela, as you can see on the board there. And today we are looking at Finyelela in family. Uh, family is us as the children of God. So you find out that when you are growing up as in your own individual families, you've got different people with different characters, um, different personalities, but we embrace each other in a family with those kinds of different personalities. That's what makes it family. We, we're not all the same. We can't all be the same. And it's the same thing when we are here. God drew us from different walks of life with different personalities, with all different kinds of things, with all our baggages and everything. He brought us here and we accept and appreciate each and every one as one big family of God. So today I want to read from the book of John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. John 17 from verse 20. This is Jesus praying. He says, I do not ask for these only, meaning the disciples, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. This is Jesus praying. He was, he was praying with the, 
he started by praying for his disciples. And then he went on to pray for you and me. Then he said, God, there is going to be people that are going to believe what these guys are going to be preaching or speaking about. I also pray for them that they may be one. Us as a family of God, we should have that unity because we share the same father, Jesus Christ. God is our father. We are his children. And just as in any family, we might have disagreements, we might fight, but that does not make us family. We remain family because God so loved us that he sent Jesus for us. So we are to become one just as Jesus and God are one. That was Jesus' prayer for us. So as we finally in as a family, one of the most important things is love for one another. Unity as the one people of God. And then here the text is telling us, saying everyone who calls on upon the name of the Lord, when you are one, Jesus said that, then the world is going to believe our testimony because we are one. So here we find out that just being in unity and dwelling in harmony as brothers and sisters is a great tool of evangelism than me standing here and preaching. How we treat each other, how we look after each other, how we trust each other is what is going to draw people to come to this place when we are one as a family. So Jesus, he says, the world is going to look at what you, how we are doing things between ourselves, how we deal with each other, how we deal with our arguments, how we deal with our times of sorrow, how we deal with each other when we're happy. When a stranger walks in here, when they see those things, it is what is going to draw them to, to Jesus more than what I can stand here and preach. So Romans, Romans 15 verse 1, verse 1, it says, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. When we accept one another, let us desire, when, when the world sees how we desire to love each other, how we desire to support each other, how we desire to encourage each other, how we accept each other as they are, then the world is going to believe our testimony. People are going to get converted when they see our conduct with each other. How we, how, we how we do things with each other is what is going to draw people to us, to Jesus Christ. So you can see here, Jesus didn't say, oh, no, go, go, go and prepare a great ceremony. He didn't say, uh, go and be a great singer. But he was saying, love one another. That is enough to bring people to the kingdom of God. Look after each other. Support each other. Be there for each other. That is the tool for bringing people to each other. Love one another above everything else. No matter 
what the devil has tried to say to you about the person that's sitting next to you. Love one another. That's what Jesus wants us to do. That's what family does. You can tell me everything wrong about my brother. But because we are united with blood, it doesn't stop me from loving him. I will love him irregardless. So there is no amount of hatred you can feed me that will make me hate my brother. I will love him anyhow because we are family. The same applies with this church. We are family. We have to love one another. No matter what the devil tells you, oh, so-and-so does this. Do you know so-and-sos can do this? Do you know so-and-so did this and he did that? Leave it. Ignore it. Love one another as a family of God. Let us talk nice about each other. Talk nice things about your neighbor. Talk, say nice things about your pastor. Say nice things about your wife, your husband. Say nice things about your children, your church member. Because we are a family. That's who we are. Because Jesus Christ is the one that's uniting us. We are not here because of money. We are not, bound, we are not here because the government has, has stipulated a law that we must come together. We came here voluntarily because Christ has called us. So let us love one another in that way. The Bible says if you dwell in love, you dwell in God. For God is love. Amen. They that dwell in God, they dwell in love. Love has got no hatred for each other. Love is not jealous or puffed up. Love covers a multitude of sins. That's why I say, you can hear people say bad things about Mike. You tell them, I don't know that. I know Mike. Why? You love Mike. The Bible says, how can you say you love God, whom you have not seen, when you can't love each other as a family? So us as a family of God, we are called to love one another. We are called to look after each other. It is important that we put these things into practice. Love is always gentle. It is sweet. It is forgiving. It is kind. Amen, church? So as we finalela into the family, let us remember that love is one of the greatest pillars that will make us one as the family of God. Where there is gifts, the first Corinthians 13 tells us, everything else is going to fail. Everything else is going to vanish. But love is going to be there. Why does love has to be there? Remember, hatred has a beginning. So it will come to an end. Is that right, church? But God is love. So love has got no beginning just as much as God has got no beginning. Are we together? Since there is no beginning of love, love will never end. That's why Paul was saying, I can sing with the voice of angels. But if I don't have love, I am nothing. I can read your mind. I can be a prophet. I can foretell what tomorrow is. But without love, I am nothing. So love has got no beginning. Love has got no end. Love, we can safely say, love is eternal, just as God is eternal. Amen. Love never did begin. 
So, if Christ is in your heart, no matter how much disagreements we might have as a family, we will still love and respect each other. Because what unites us as a body of Christ is infinitely greater than what can ever divide us. What unites us has got no beginning. What unites us has got no end. It's been there and will always be there. And that is love. Let us love one another. The Bible, if you go to many of the scriptures, Jesus speaking to the disciples when they are together, he always says, the thief will come among you, but remain in love. The enemy will come among you, but remain in love. The same applies with this church. The enemy is going to come. The enemy is going to try and cause discord amongst the congregation. But the Bible says, continue to love one another. So, we find that Jesus never lived his life for himself. His life was spent on others. So that's eternal life. Eternal life is living for others. Eternal life is not living for yourself. When you live for yourself, you don't have eternal life. People with eternal life, they live for others. We live for the person next to you. You see, you become concerned about them. What do they need? How can I help them? That's eternal life. That's, it's called living for others. So we need to get in love with God. Then we'll be able to love one another as a church of God. According to the Bible, love is an active interest in the well-being of another person. It is an active interest. It is a doing word. It's a verb. Is that right, church? Love acts for the benefit of others. So, you see me without shoes and you, you say, oh, you know, okay, you need that. I'm going to pray for you. That's all right. But if you can afford to buy me shoes, buy me shoes. Is that right, church? There is no need for me to go and pray ab about it for you to get shoes when I can afford to give you, out of my 10 pairs, I can give you one. It doesn't need prayer. It's looking after each other. I take one pair or I buy one pair if I can afford to. That's loving one another. Not just praying about it, but doing something about it. That's love. Taking an active interest in what the next person needs then you do something about it if you can. And there's nothing wrong about praying about it. It's also okay. Amen, church? So that's loving one another. If we fail in our love and care for each other, we have missed what it means to be a Christian. Do you get that, church? If we fail in our love and care for each other, we have missed what it means to be a Christian. Being a Christian, it means what bothers you will bother me. What makes you happy will make me happy. As a body of Jesus Christ, we look after each other. We are one big family. We are united. Is that right, church? It's said today that you can hear it maybe on the news or WhatsApp group to say, oh, Enoch has died. Like, Enoch died? 
Yeah, he's been sick all along. But you never knew about it. Yet we are one body. So when we become one in Christ, you'll know that I'm, I'm in a sick bed somewhere in the hospital. You'll be praying for me. It won't come to you as a shock to hear that I've been transferred to glory because you have been praying for me. So we need to take an active interest in what's happening in each and everyone's life, which is, which is the importance of those connect groups for us as a church. They are a foundation for us to start to know one another. Because when we come to church on a Sunday, usually there is not that much of time for people to sit down and talk about things. But if you get yourself involved in a connect group, and then as you're sitting on the table there, having supper or reading the word, and then someone will just tell you, you know what, my mother has been sick for very long. And then everyone suddenly gets interest in the group. Your mother is sick. What can we do? Do you need us to help you with meals? Can we help you with the washing of the dishes? Is there anyone looking after the kids? We can do it for you. That's what these things does. It's important for us as a church that we become part of home groups. They are the building blocks to looking after one another. Is that right, church? So in Philippians 2, 2 verse 3 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other, than, other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Always consider the person next to you better than you. That's Christianity. That's love. I mustn't say I'm better than Zolani. I'm not better than Zolani. We are the same. We are all the children of God. But have that mentality. That's what, that's what Paul is saying. Think of highly regard of the person sitting next to you. See them as better than yourself. In that way, we learn to, to love and respect each other. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in the upper room. They were all praying in unity and with one accord, and the Holy Spirit come. Those are the, some of the things that happen when the children of God dwell in unity. Miracles suddenly start to happen. People be, suddenly start to get healing. The Holy Spirit will start to sweep across this room. What is that? Because we all have one motive, Jesus Christ. And that doesn't stop God from moving amongst us and meeting each and every one of our needs. First John, I spoke about this one, First John 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. This is us as Christians. We are defined by love. This is the blueprint. This is the hallmark of being a Christian when we love one another. God's church is united under God, not any, not any other person, not any other theory, but we are all united in the love of God. We are living in one of the darkest hours where, every, where people are not caring anymore about how you feel or what you think about any other things. They just do things because it suits me, Enoch. If it doesn't suit you, I don't care. 
but not here, not among you. The Bible says, love one another. Consider each other. Accept one another. It doesn't matter they don't speak your language. Accept them. This is the place. It doesn't matter they don't have the same view the way you view it. Accept them in their own way. That's how God has made them. They are unique in that way. So we need to accept each other like that. Amen. And then we see here, Peter asked Jesus, if my brother has sinned against me, shall I forgive him? Jesus says, yes. 70 times 7 in a day. Forgive your brother. We are one big group like this. It's common that I might say something that might offend you. I didn't mean to. It's common. I might step on your toe. Forgive me as your brother. Forgive me as a sister. The Bible says, in a day, forgive 70 times 7. In other words, the Bible is saying, just forgive until the day ends. When tomorrow starts, forgive again. Carry on until I come forgiving each other. Building each other. No matter what happens, forgive each other. Accept each other. So, when Jesus was saying this, he was showing us that we are all deeply flawed in some way or the other. Each and every one of us is just a work in progress. We have a long way to go and have much improvements to make in our Christian journey. But Jesus says, until I come, forgive each other. Love each other. Invite each other for dinner until I come. Sit together at the table and eat and love each other until I come. It's not a once-off thing. It's until Jesus comes. Let's sit together. Let's celebrate each other's success. Let's, let's, let's sympathize with those that need sympathy. Let's have compassion on those that need compassion. Let's forgive those that need forgiveness. Let us just accept each other. Until when? Until Jesus comes. That's us as his children. The Bible says we cannot be forgiven ourselves until we forgive others. That, the Bible has got a condition on that one. The Lord's Prayer, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. The Bible knew, God knew before it ever happened that we're going to trespass on each other. But he said, forgive those who trespass against us just as much as we forgive those who also trespass against us. Is that right, church? So if someone is down, if someone is in a bad space, it's your duty to go and pick them up. Go take a hand. Pick them up as a brother. Pick them up as a sister. It's not your duty now to go and talk about them. To see, you see now, he thought he was clever. He's going down. Do you know that? Yeah, everything is catching up now. No, 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 we don't do that. That spirit is not in us. We are children of God. We pick each other up. We pick each other up. If anybody tells you something wrong about someone, I don't believe it. I go and pray for them. That's what we are as the children of God. That's why Paul said, I die daily. Daily I die. How old more are we also to die daily? It means every day we make a mistake. Every day 
We might not see things in the same light. But Paul says every day I die. Constantly I die. We also need to die to ourselves. Die to our own selfish motives. And learn to open up our circle to others with the love of Jesus Christ. Is that right, church? You know, the world is so cruel today that um, it's not easy for people to open up anymore. Lots of people have been hurt. A lot of bad things have been said to people that have hurt them greatly. But God is saying, you are my child. You are love. You are a part of the kingdom. The pastor was speaking about. Open up your heart. Let them in. Love them with my love. You cannot give what you don't have. If I don't have 100 rand, I can't give it to you unless I've got it in me, with me. Is that right, church? So let us pray to have the love of God in our hearts. Then we'll be able to express it to each other as, church, as a church. May God bless us this morning. So, loving and caring for each other is the fruit of knowing God and experiencing the new birth. Do you get it, church? Loving and caring for each other is the fruit of knowing God and experiencing the new birth. When you are a born-again Christian, the love of God is flowing through you. When everyone else is looking at things from a negative perspective, you are saying, it shall be well, because you are drawing from what God has said about it in your life. Is that right, church? So to have the capacity to love and care for others, the way God tells us, it is, sorry, to have the capacity to love and care for others, the way God tells us, it means we must know God intimately. When you know God intimately, you are able to love, you have that capacity to love and care for others. We are one big family. Don't feel left out. The person sitting next to you is your brother. They mean good for whatever is happening in your life. They have the best intention for you as, the, as Jesus is our father and we are his children. Just as brothers and sisters, let us look up and take care of each other. Especially in this day that we are living in, when there is no more trust anymore. The boundaries of trust have long gone. People trust those that are close to them. But God is saying, you are my children. Be, when, when you care and love for each other, it means you become vulnerable. And in that vulnerability, you need God to help you so that we can be one as the children. We are one. We are one. That's what Jesus wants from us. God bless you. Amen.